Welcome to the Cinephile and Disney Fit Podcast, the tirade-filled movie debate podcast hosted by two filled critics, cool dads and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I am William. Jo- I, I am too. Talk about struggling teachers. I'm too tired mm-hmm. to even come up with a nickname this week. I'm just Will Johnson. That's me. Okay. Will Johnson. <laughs> you know, game over, man. If I was going to do something like that. Ah, but I see, was like, here we go. That's too, that's too obvious when you do a Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I figured, you know, if you do like finger licking good, that's a little too Ooh. niche with the near dark reference. Okay. Um, yeah. So no. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't get the hint, we're here for one of our deep cut episodes. So this is all for tangent's sake. We're sharing passions and high fives, wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. We are bringing back a little bit of our deep cut series where we take a look at a, a resume and, a, and a, deep, a deeper look into the resume of an actor, actress, or filmmaker. And we kind of go back and forth trying to kind of find some of our, our our hidden gems, our personal favorites, and and what we like and what we don't like about these folks. And uh, this is really a kind of a love and hate format. We really don't put a timer on this other than just trying to have a nice, complete conversation. And uh, we still find our chances, ladies and gentlemen, to to still nip at each other here and there, where it's not all love the guy fest. There's there's movies we we enjoy and that we don't enjoy, and ones that trigger us and don't trigger us. So tonight, uh, we have the late Bill Paxton, just in time for early May, around the time of Twister. So this would be pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, Paxton is a is an actor that means so much to me that when he died people mm. actually messaged me to ask if i was okay that kind of dang <laughs> which yeah. is that's a big deal because i i really I, I mean this this was he died in 2017 and yes, i would like i would like to think that the film critic that i am now or whatever uh you know i was always into movies of course i'd say mm-hmm. above average movie fan but i i would probably about 2019 is when i started taking it more seriously and getting into, you know, press screenings and mm-hmm. writing real reviews and starting to like complete filmographies and everything like that. So Bill Paxton is kind of like a, kind of the end of my loosey goosey movie days when I was like kind of into these cold of personalities. And I just loved Paxton so much just because, excuse me, just because he's been in so many iconic things. Yeah. Um, but such a, one of those weird actors. I, I mean, I think he is a very good actor. I'm not going to go out and say he's great. He is a very good actor. I think mm-hmm. he has limitations for sure. I agree. But some of those limitations kind of gave him this charm. I agree. Like, a uniqueness to. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I'm not a matinee idol chiseled physique guy. I'm also not the Jack Nicholson level of complete character actor can be anything anywhere because Nicholson's not a physical specimen and a heartthrob by any means, but he, boy, could he play anything. Um, and yeah. Paxton was in that weird place where not a heartthrob, not a you know method amazing character actor but i tell you what that southern boy charm comes out just enough where he can put it in drama he can put it in humor he can put it in horror and it always still fits he was never mm-hmm. you know stuck out like a sore thumb like oh what's he doing here like he he found a way to mesh and fit whatever the the, the material put for him. so it was yeah, yeah I, he, I admire the guy a ton yeah and he had <laughs> he had some uh Good friends in in strong places too, because I mean James Cameron was a fan. I mean, uh-huh. well, you know, and here's the thing about Paxton uh, is uh, I'm not one of these people that goes around and 
says like, oh, Hollywood's changing and remember the good old days. I'm not one of those people, you know, because everyone's everyone's a film expert now and everyone mm-hmm. knows everything about film history. But it's funny because I and I, I promise this will have a point with Bill Paxton, but um, you're good. You know, I, I'm I'm reading this book right now, a, a book on tape called City of Nets, and it's all about Hollywood in the 40s. And what's amazing to me is how similar all the crap that was going on in Hollywood in the 40s, all the arguments, the film Twitter of its day, mm-hmm. are all arguments going on today. You know, what's art, what isn't? Yeah, blah blah blah. Now, They're however, now however. While I say that, there are these little patches of film history where there are kind of these obscure, bizarre happenstances with films. And if you remember, 1996 Mm -hmm. was the two leading men of the two biggest blockbusters of that year, I believe. Twister and Independence Day. That's right. Were Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. Now, yeah, that is something throw, I guarantee. Throw a Jeff Goldblum in there too. Where like yeah, you co-lead yeah. that? Yeah, I guarantee you to this day you cannot open a picture no. with Bill Pullman in the lead. Uh, now, granted, you know Independence Day had the Will Smith on his way up and sure. and, and Goldblum, but still, you know the he, the heroes of that movie were. Uh, those two guys totally. and i remember i remember there was a uh you know back when i used to watch like entertainment television e e you know oh yeah sure and i remember there was a time when bill paxton i'll never forget this i just always sticks in my head because it's so bill paxton him and bill Pullman were, were together at some event mm-hmm. and bill paxton like had his arm around bill pullman it was like it's the summer of the bills you know like, like <laughs> yeah. that bill paxton drawl and i was just like yeah it's true but you know, I, and and yeah, I, I I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I mean, for I mean, for God's sake, he's the only person I still believe to be killed by a Terminator alien and a Predator. <laughs> I think um, you're right. But I mean, the first time like I really, uh, really loved him was in Twister, and I know that's a film that I hold in high mm-hmm. regard. And I know it's one you hold in high I, regard I as well. I love Twister. Yep. Yeah, which I think is a wonderful film. It still holds up. Uh, the there's something about 1990. Six through ninety-eight, something mm-hmm. about the VFX in that period still hold yeah. up really well. Like if you watch they like the do. fifth, if you watch the Fifth Element, it still looks mm-hmm. phenomenal. You, Independence, Independence Day, Day. Yeah. Independence Day looks Men better in than Black is pretty sharp. Yeah, Men Titanic? in Black. Titanic. Well, yeah, Titanic is amazing, but Twister holds up. I mean, there's a couple of sequences. I mean, the Flying Cow probably doesn't hold as much measure sure. as it would today, but you know, it's it is astonishing how. You know the CG holds up, but one one scene when I really I realized I liked Bill Paxton was I mean, you know you got him and Helen Hunt at the time this was pre Oscar Helen Hunt she's a TV mm-hmm. star right. they've got this really great chemistry and there's a fantastic scene in Twister when they're trying to get the what what do they call it uh, the Dorothy, the Dorothy. The machine the contraption yeah. yeah. Yeah, they almost get the first one off, and then mm-hmm. like something—I think a, a light pole knocks it off the trailer or something. Yep, and I remember. Helen Hunt's freaking out, and he has this awesome speech in the rain. They're soaking wet mm-hmm. in the rain, and you know he says something like, "He's ba- he's basically saying like you need to look at what's in front of you." And she's like, "What's in front of me?" And he's like, "Me, Joe, me." Good speech. You know, it's a great speech. It's a good line, but like it has so much warmth to it. Like it made me like fall in love with like. Him mm-hmm. as an actor, I was like, man, he's really selling me on this. Because when I watched Twister, I didn't really know who he was. I mean, yeah, I'd seen Terminator, yeah, probably, well, and t- Aliens Apollo and stuff. 13, probably. You got yeah, I'd seen Apollo yeah. 13, but 
I, you know, I, I wasn't in, I didn't know at that age, 96, I was uh-huh. 13, 13, you know, like you don't sure. follow along as much as you do now, you know? So I didn't know much about him and, you know, he isn't the typical hunky hero and mm-hmm. he just kind of has this great moment with Helen Hunt and you kind of buy it and you believe it and you're invested and kind of made me fall in love with, with him as an actor there. And then of course, you know, once I started becoming a little bit more adept at film, you know, reading mm-hmm. film and watching film, you know, like I realized how brilliant he was in true lies and yeah, yeah. you know, like <laughs> all this stuff. And um, yeah, it just, I just, I mean, I don't know if there's, I mean, is there an, a modern day equivalent right now to a Bill Paxton? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, modern day kind of a, a tall, you, you know, he's still stature, you know, so a tall, I don't want to say Southern, but kind of country-ish guy who can do a little bit of comedy, do a little drama, hold his own in action. And I'm kind of, you know, doing the Rolodex in my head. And maybe the closest guy would be somebody like, man, I don't want to do dead air on a podcast. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Um, I got to think about that. Let me keep thinking about that. Now, I'll, I'll throw some twist appreciation while my, my hamster wheel is turning. Um, a scene for me in Twister I really enjoy is um, when they the end of the little anthem where, that everyone's singing to get the cars on the road and like all of a sudden there's that first still moment they share together in the truck where you know it, it they're they're together they're on the microphone and like no Joe I'm not gonna fight you know like <laughs> where you could tell the chemistry is is nicely rooted from you know obviously screen you know I don't want to see backstory that's gone on before before we meet these characters and like how that little conversation escalates in the stonewalling direction and in the blow up at each other direction and and, and how hunt plays that in a okay i didn't say it i didn't say it and Paxton's you know flipping out a little bit and like hey guys you're missing the twister and like just the that small little transitional scene i really enjoy because like they ramp you up for like all right let's go for the action and then they pause just a little bit for that shared scene where same thing it made me fall in love with like ooh, will there won't they kind of chemistry and yeah twister's number one on my list for when it comes to bill paxton i, I wrote a real nice 25 year you know 25 year later you know uh piece for it for on the site for film 25 well and yeah i love that movie to pieces it's, it's the movie that got me into movies as a teen, as a high schooler where i'm like i want to i just do this i want to write about it and yeah. that was kind of fun so um yeah well, modern day equivalent man Ooh, we can think about it we can think about it yeah. but i i was gonna say while you think about it um so i guess i guess when um letterboxd goes by film popularity i'm assuming it means by uh number of rankings I'm, ass- yeah. I'm assuming rating because now, one thing I always love to do when I look, and the one thing I love Letterbox for, especially when you're trying to do a deep cut thing on a person, uh-huh. is you look at you look at it, and there's always rows of four. Like, how many rows yep. can you get That's before right. you miss something? So Paxson's got a solid. I, I've got you know ten movies deep before I miss something popular from him. Like Spy yeah. Kids 3D is his eleventh mm-hmm. most popular. Now, the reason why I'm I'm questioning the film popularity is because Titanic is number two. Nightcrawler which he's yeah. excellent in is number one. So I'm assuming it is That's, rankings. It's ranked, not. Yeah. It's views, views on letterbox, whether you're going for Paxton or not and knowing the film bros that are letterbox, I'm not surprised the, the insult movie is number one. So it's a great film though. It's a I, great I, I, film. Say, but and, let's and be Paxton, honest. It's, it's oh, for of that crap. Yeah, sure. It's, it's the equivalent of, well, maybe not, not maybe in the zeitgeist, the cultural zeitgeist, but like, to me, it's like, 
that generation's fight club. Like the, that poster totally. would be in a college dorm room, you know, yeah, like definitely, definitely. I love Nightcrawler. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get into some deep cuts, but I mean, in terms of, in terms of film popularity, I mean, you got, it goes Nightcrawler, Titanic, Terminator, Aliens, Edge of Tomorrow, Apollo 13, True Lies, Twister, Tombstone, and Near Dark. Yeah. Uh, and the I, as the non-horror uh, guy, I Near Dark's a blind spot for me. I need to fix. Uh, well, it, not only is it a blind spot for horror, but it's also Catherine Bigelow, who I don't think ah, has made yeah, a bad yeah, film. Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, it's, I mean, it feels like the cast of Aliens like was on vacation because mm-hmm, it has right. almost the entire Marine crew from aliens. Mm-hmm. It's Lance Hendrickson, Jeanette Goldstein, Bill Paxton. It's got all of them. I think there's another one in there too. Um, and near dark also. And I have to go on a little sidebar here. I beg you. If you go to like a used DVD store, or Blu-ray store and you see near dark and you look at the cover art mm-hmm. and you go, no way. They what they did was they kind of started. It, it was I wouldn't say it was like a lost film, but like it wasn't like a mainstream. Like it wasn't something you could buy at Target, you know. Like it was yeah something you'd have to find, you know. Um, and when they were releasing stuff on Blu-ray, I remember around the time they released it, it was around the Twilight fever. Mm-hmm. So the cover design for Near Dark, like the redesigned cover, is like this massive Twilight ripoff thing, which has nothing to do with how dark and twisted that movie is because it's Catherine bigelow i mean it's got yeah. some fucked up shit in it but they make it look like it's a twilight film on the cover so i i beg you to watch near dark not only because bill I paxton will. is amazing in it but if you're out there i'm saying you as in general like if you're out there and you see mm-hmm. the cover and you go holy shit is this another twilight i promise you it is not uh yeah. lance lance hendrickson is in full character in this one to the point where he was literally like uh hitchhiking across like the Arizona desert and picking up people and threatening to kill them. Like that's how intense, like he was into character, which, you know, is not really my favorite thing in the world, but I mm-hmm. actually have had many conversations with Lance Hendrickson. He's a good guy. So I'll give him a pass. Okay. So <laughs> no, if I, if I will pull a first deep cut, um, sure. I really enjoy his work in a simple plan from Sam Raimi. Ah, you know, yes. You know, mm-hmm. not uh, between him, Billy Bob Thornton. I'm trying to think who's the third. Richard Fonda. Name. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just, um, that's, I don't want to, a lot of people like to try to draw, you know, do the whole Hitchcockian adjective and label there of, you know, fallible people doing fallible things and horrible things on the side. But I I can't call it Hitchcockian. I think it's just a very good little pot boiler, you know, set in kind of that, that podunk country style that we, that is getting really overdone today. Like we have Winter's Bone and all, like all that podunk crime movie, Hell or High Water, all the Taylor Sheridan stuff, you know? And, but you get a simple plan way back in 1999, really kind of doing, I don't want to say Coen Brothers light, but just, you know, doing a dark CD story with very interesting characters. And I know Billy Bob Thornton kind of dials it to 11 with the quirks, but Paxton's still the, you know, the, the strength and in, in bedrock of that movie. And so I haven't seen it in a long, long time. I need to get it again, but uh, that that's high on my list for, for Bill Paxton. Yeah. And that's also kind of a nice little um, cute entry for not cute, but you know, if you're like a Raimi head, like mm-hmm. I am, I love Sam Raimi, you know, it's, it's a nice little alternative nugget, you know, like, yeah. like for his career. I mean, he did do some offbeat stuff. Like he did, you know, he did his own Western Mm-hmm. And he did, you know, some things here and there, but he was primarily horror and, and, and comic books and stuff like that. So yeah. it's a nice little 
kind of change of scenery for Sam right. Raimi as well. So it's kind of just, an, and it's it's also back when I think Billy Bob Thornton was not a caricature of himself. I completely and agree. Bridget Fonda was actually in movies, so yeah. which doesn't happen anymore. But um, yeah, Sam Raimi was really going for it because like the very next year was like a baseball movie and a, and a cute you know for <laughs> love of the game, you know. So, oh, that's right, he did for the love of the game. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Which right is after a good, this, good one. flick, good flick. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a what's a deep cut for you in Paxton? Well, go down the list. All right. Um, I'm going to go super deep cut here. Um, okay. Uh, this one has a lot of people in it that I really enjoy. Um, now I'll see if you can guess what this is first before I say what it is. Okay. Um, so this was directed by, um, Jonathan Frakes known for playing, um, commander William Riker and Star Trek, the next generation, a, okay. a very, an excellent director. Uh, he, Learned how to direct, or you know, went to the film school during Star Trek, and he became one of the most dynamic directors of that TV show because Star Trek, especially in the TNG days, was very, um, you know, sit the camera and shoot. And he introduced a lot of dynamic camera angles and things. And he was mm-hmm. he was honored with you know directing Star Trek: First Contact, which is an excellent film, and then he did um, Star Trek: Insurrection, and then he kind of got into this kid phase he did like clock stoppers with michael bean speaking oh, of the aliens I connection I going with this yeah so you know i'm not recommending this movie I, I i i think of it more as a footnote because it was such a gigantic box office failure and it mm-hmm. essentially eliminated jonathan frakes as a director i mean he's been put in yeah. hollywood jail unfortunately because even though the movie isn't great it has a lot of fantastic dynamic flourishes and it's buoyed by Bill Paxton, who kind mm-hmm. of uh, it's Thunderbirds from 2004, and it there you go. It kind of has it's a cutesy little kids film. Uh, kids yeah. film. I mean, it's got a, a young Vanessa Hudgens, I believe. Ah, oh, had um, me there. I think, uh, yeah, and then you know, just some good kid actors. Ben Kingsley's the villain, and and because mm-hmm. he's Ben Kingsley, um, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know how old he is now, but there was a time when Ben Kingsley like kind of refused to. Um, like adapt to the material he was in. Like he was in yeah. a um, he was in a uh, adaptation of Twelfth Night, mm-hmm. where he was playing, uh, I believe, the clown. I think is the character's name or the jester or something. And it's it's supposed to be a kind of a deeply yeah. disturbed, sad character. And the movie was filmed super light, like a super light comedy. And he's just playing this demented, sad, like he's the, creepy he's the clown. one going hard, right? Right. And he does the same thing in Thunderbirds. Like he's terrifying. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's playing it like, okay, I am this, like, I want to conquer the world serial killer, whatever. And everyone else is just playing with spaceships. And yeah. Shit. He would um, have been 60 <laughs> making that movie. I looked it up okay. his birthday. But something changed. I don't know if it's around Iron Man 3 where they're just like, hey, you're actually pretty funny. Why don't you just like try to like <laughs> relax a little bit? Um, but, uh, no, but Bill Paxton is, he's not really in it a lot, but he's kind of like that reliable anchor for the film where like, you know, if you're an adult who has to watch this kid's movie, you can be like, oh, that's Bill Paxton. And you can kind of feel that comfort. Like there's some actors you can kind of insert in, in that role that will be like, you know, the stand in for the adult recognition in the kid's movie where they can go like, okay, I get this guy. It's Bill Paxton. So doesn't have a lot to do, but I find it a pretty fascinating movie. I think it's, I think it's, um, I'm not going to say vastly underrated. I I don't think that it's as bad as everyone says. Deserves better. 
it deserves better and Paxton is a part of it. And he's, right. he is probably like the comfort food version of that film. So, okay. Well, before I get to another selection, let me kind of do, you know, pay the bills here. Please enjoy this short announcement for the ruminations radio. Now. Hey, this is Charlie triple C from brevity box, a new and interesting podcast from the ruminations radio. Network. If you're a fan of podcasts, we have a lot of great content to offer. Come check out our diverse group of podcasts and hosts at ruminationsradionetwork.com. All right. Welcome back to our deep cut on Bill Paxton. If, if it is my turn, yeah. I got a point to, um, it, since you kind of talked about film directors with Jonathan Frakes, I'm going to take a place where he was the director. Um, Frailty in 2001 is a ballsy ass movie. One of the, um, I know we people kind of go towards the reconnaissance of where you know he, Matthew McConaughey kind of ha- had a re, you know a revival of things in 2010ish. I thought he blew the doors off the place back in 2001 with this one, where it just yeah. a different way of seeing Matthew McConaughey. Obviously, Bill Paxton directing and starring in the place where you know you have this very you know um, uh, fanatical relationship between these brothers and this father and a lot of a lot of a lot of scary god stuff which is which is always a fascinating subject and goes dark it goes hard um you know doing the whole uh serial killer kind of route and and for me that was easily easily the the darkest thing i've seen math mcconaughey do at the time mm-hmm. and i'm like wow who who got that out of him and then you look and it's bill paxton so yeah. and obviously he takes a very twisted route with that whole as the father you know where you know being led by the tools of the axe the gloves and a pipe and how just how how dangerous he can look while still being like you said kind of that that broken you know uh southern you know hard scrabble kind of guy and and he and yeah paxton even calling his own number plays great stuff and obviously to get what he got you know get what he got out of mcconaughey powers booth i will watch him to be anything mm-hmm. all day let alone the fbi agent of choice here and yeah nice nice little movie have you seen I, frailty i you know frailty is a, a miss on mine and everyone talks about it i have not seen it yet uh, i just i just saw it on hbo max so it's it's moving to my front burner sweet um, yeah as, as a paxton but, guy you got to yeah well i will say that with mcconaughey um i still think that was the time this was pre shirt off rom-com mm-hmm. mcconaughey where he was playing or trying to play i mean you know he did like a time to kill and yep. uh, contact Amistad contact and, yeah. was an interesting mm-hmm. character almost like he still had some Something in there before he kind of, I'm not going to say sold out, but before he mm-hmm. was kind of like got into that comfort zone of just making shirtless rom-coms for 10 years right. and then got that groove back. But yeah, I've heard great things about frailty and I, I'm anxious to see it, especially because uh, Paxson did not direct much. He only directed a right letterbox has three films, but one of them doesn't have a poster. So I don't know how, <laughs> how complete or legitimate that is. Um, but uh, you know, he also did a golfing movie, the greatest game ever played, which I also have oh, not seen. But it has Shia LaBeouf. I have seen that. Yeah, um, nice little movie. Same thing. I I don't believe he puts himself in that one. But uh, as no. a sports movie of, and I know it's hard to make golf compelling or interesting. If I mean, Tin Cup is you know less about golf and more about people, and mm-hmm. The Legend of Bagger Vance is more about myth than it is golf. But greatest game ever played is a, <laughs> a nice little movie, and and Shia playing it straight when he's a little younger and. Yeah, I, I'll recommend that one to folks too. But man, yeah. frailty, frailty goes hard. Yeah, I'm gonna. That's that's moving up on the list for me for sure. All right, what's another um, selection for you? 
Well, I can't, another one I can't recommend necessarily <laughs> except for Bill Paxton. And he does have a better role in it, but it is uh, Club Dread, uh, ah, which is, which good is choice. Yeah, which is done by the uh, what are they called? The, the Broken uh, Lizard crew, right? Broken Lizard, which I've never been a huge fan. Like, I don't find Super Troopers particularly funny. Yeah, I, I don't. Super Troopers loses me. I like Dukes of Hazard just because I like the old yeah. show. And then they bring in like the born ah. supremacy guy who does all the car stunts, where yeah. the action is pumped up enough where I'm there. Okay, I, I have not seen the Dukes of Hazard movie, and I, I didn't mean, like Super Troopers. Not, that, it's yeah, not, not a high bar, you know. I'm not gonna go look it up, but. Um, no. Club Dread also kind of the mixture of humor. It, it mm-hmm. plays with the slasher mentality. Yeah, it does. Um, but and that's fine because I'm a big slasher guy. Uh, you know, some of the humor is uh, like there's this whole bit about like how this girl goes to Oral Roberts and you know the, mm-hmm. the, these guys are like Oral Roberts. You go to a college called Oral. You know, it's just yeah, stupid. Yeah, it's sophomore stuff. But uh, but um, Paxton plays like this kooky Jimmy Buffett. Uh-huh. Like like diet Jimmy Buffett yeah. goofball Co- in it. Coconut Pete. Yeah. Coconut Pete. And it is awesome. Like every time he's on yeah. camera, like you're just like, okay, this is great. And for those clowns, you know, who uh they always seem to get like one kind of like credible character actor to like class up their joint. Because normally it's the same troop of characters. You know, those actors, uh Jay, Steve, Paul, Eric, you know, Kevin, they're all playing stuff and they're normally intermixing each other familiar group but like super troopers has like brian cox you know and yeah, this one has bill yeah. paxton you know and they always find some serious person who's like yeah i'll have fun with those guys for a movie and the fact that an actor will do that and and, yeah. and go for it is fun and bill definitely goes for it well and i'm not going to skip your next pick but no uh, go ahead you know, one two. thing i was going to say that's pretty like impressive is you know, every now and then there's like you ever like watch a movie i can't think of an example off the top of my head but like it, it feels like an actor that's like put in there should be out of place but yet they fit in even though like name value wise they're not like mm-hmm. i i don't know how to I, I really can't think of one off the top of my head i've seen it before but where you're like, Pax- what's their, what are they doing there, right? Right. And then, but then you're like, well, they do fit. You just can't see it. Like, you know, how does it work? You know, and, and Paxton is one of those. I mean, when you're talking about like Titanic or, you know, let's, let's look at Titanic. You've got mm-hmm. Leo and Kate, but they don't share scenes yeah. together. I mean, Terminator, True Lies. I mean, I'm not, I love Schwarzenegger. I think he's got a lot of charisma. He's not the greatest actor you're going up True. against. But, but at the same time, then you would have him. You know, he's going toe-to-toe with Cruz and Gyllenhaal and, you know, Kurt Russell and, and all these. And and, yeah. uh, and then, you know, for me, uh, you know, another one, uh, and I'll let you have a pick after this. I just wanted to give another one real quick. It's okay, go ahead. Uh, is another one that has a huge stack of actors, including Fassbender, McGregor, and Tatum, Ooh, and Banderas, and Douglas. Yeah. Um, you know, Haywire. Um, yeah. Lo- nice little fun movie. Steven Soderbergh's film where you know uh, gina serrano at the time was mm-hmm. kind of this um i don't know really much about mma but she was kind of in the she was the peak she was the the best was, woman on the planet for that yeah day. and you know they said let's focus on it's actually kind of a very old school mentality. it's kind of an old school action mentality of like definitely okay arnold schwarzenegger has big muscles so let's have him play big muscle guys this was like mm-hmm. okay gina serrano probably not the greatest actress but 
she can do amazing things with her body and action and karate yeah. and MMA and all this shit. So let's put her in a movie where she's the star. She carries it on an action basis and we'll surround her by mm-hmm. these big stars. And yeah, Paxton shows up as her dad and it just, yeah. it just works. Like, it it, does. It, it, and you, like I said, you're surrounded by the fast benders and the Ewan McGregor's and the Michael Douglas's yet you got Paxton in there. That's like, kind of like, the emotional core of her story here because she's the father and uh, it all comes down. The ending comes down to, you know, her father's home, you know? So it's another one where he kind of inserts there. It's you you don't, I I mean, I don't know many people other than Haywire would that would, you know, put Paxton up there with the likes of a fast bender, but Mm -hmm. yet it works. It it fits, it fits in place. He, he, he can kind of go with any, you know, any lineup, and he'll, he's like, he'll find a way to fit in. He's like, and I know, uh, like we've 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 shared shower the praises of John C. Riley in our show, where yes. it has that everyman quality of like. But I know Riley veers more to comedy and the doofus stuff. Mm-hmm. But when he has to, or when he can, the guy can amp up some drama. It's well, drama <laughs> where he still plays the doofus. Where I think Bill is more talented than Riley because he can do more things. But he it it it's the the, sh- the i don't know what i i'll use a barber word here uh the shagginess of bill of, of uh of bill paxton never doesn't fit whatever role he's asked to kind of sharpen up for so and sure. this being one of those places so yeah i think that's soderbergh you know who just knows how to just measure a movie so well where i can have action i can have intriguing character work and i can definitely take all that and spin it because i'm also a damn good writer so and i i I, that's a guy who I think has never also never made a bad film where Soderbergh just always has just a different edge and a different slant to things. Does a lot of it himself, which I really appreciate his, you know, just the way he kind of self creates his movie stays out of the studio system a lot. And uh, I know he obviously, you know, Warner brothers, you know, paid him handsomely to do all the oceans love and stuff. But since he just hones his craft and gets good people to, to be part of his thing projects. And it turns out pretty well. In most of the mm-hmm. cases. Indeed. Yeah. Good, good yeah. calls there. Good comps there. Uh, I stole one from you. So what's another one you got? Um, I, I'll throw, Hmm. I've got the list. I mean, Apollo 13 is, is easy. You know, we're kind of too easy. Um, true lies is, is also too easy. One of the, one of the few Ron Howard films I would put as above average. Oh, (laughs) um, I'll, I have two things left. I'll talk about, and I'll kind of, push them together well, I'll do one short one long well both really short but um while you're on the dad angle and i know actors i know this happens to women more than it happens to men but mm-hmm. men do get to that age where they they play more dads and they play leading men and mm-hmm. and paxton mm-hmm. aged into that very very well you know yeah. in places like haywire places like uh, in other movies and even nightcrawler a little later we're just he played an adult his age which which fit him and he could play that mm-hmm. um his final role uh, of the circle, the Tom Hanks movie with Emma ah. Watson, where that's a nice. And I know the movie has its, you know, wildly screwy kinds of ways of of taking a very good premise and kind of flushing it down the toilet in some places. But uh, him and I believe it is also, um, oh, who was the lady from John Dick Oh, I was going to say John Boyega. <laughs> no, uh, uh, he, uh, his <laughs> wife, who plays Glenn the Glenn yeah, who are now both no longer with us, which is a shame. So, like, Glenn that, Headley and, died. She did, and not far after that movie, and not far after Paxton. I don't, I believe. Oh, I had no freaking clue. But, uh, but they played a very sweet pair of parents that I that I 
Like once he shows up, you're like, oh, instant cuttable gravitas. And mm-hmm. I was cool with that when, when Paxton showed up. And and again, a shame that that's his last movie. But, you know, he goes out com- goes out in a place where he comported himself well. So uh, <laughs> and then final pick for me is uh, I'm a Martin Campbell guy where I, I know Green Lantern uh, yeah. is a dog. Uh, oh. but it's a horrible movie but action wise i i love the way he tunes up action so vertical limit is a lot of fun for yeah. me i know it's more of a chris o'donnell thing than a bill paxton thing but chris i'm there for o'donnell bill. thing that was the last time anyone said that yeah i know right but i'm th- i'm there for bill paxton when he when he's there and it moreover than chris for vertical limit so yeah um close this out yeah. with a winner here i well i don't know if i'm gonna do that but um, and you know what you you've caught me in a couple I haven't seen I have not seen um, see, Vertical Limit it. or The Ooh. Circle so yeah if you're a, how's your mountain climber movie suspense level like I could give a shit oh, okay. about well, mountain climbing go well for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean there's luck. there's many fun choices you can pick like uh, Navy sure. Seals or yeah brain dead or boxing helena or weird yeah. shit like that u571 yeah. mighty joe young blah 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 mm-hmm. i will not pick two guns with mighty uh, joe young is rough but he he does his best he's too old to be there next to Charlize, but yeah um you know what i am and this is a little bit of paxton in it but not really i mean because like i said all those big heavy hitters i hit those those first 10 i mean he's awesome in all of them yeah so just finding these deep cuts i don't know how much of a deep cut this is but i think people always um shit on it because people like the original so much better but uh, i like predator 2 uh, i i think okay. predator 2 is a great film uh it's directed by stephen hopkins who directed my favorite uh nightmare on elm street film okay uh nightmare on elm street 5 the dream child which is beautiful to look at he he also did the ghost in the darkness which was i do um, love that movie was my number one film for like three years at one point. I was like Damn. my favorite movie. Like, yeah, I got probably, a nice 25 well piece in that one too. You'll yeah. love it. Great movie. So I, I would say when it came out, it was probably my favorite film. Well, you know what? I'm going to give it a year because I, I got into a face off <laughs> and fifth element phase, like the next year. 97 will do that uh, to you, man. So, cause uh ghost of the directors was 96. And I think those other ones were what 98. So mm-hmm. I, maybe two years, but he also did the lost in space, which is visually compelling, but yeah. not very good. Um, but Predator 2, uh, I actually uh, like it a lot. Uh, I mean, uh, the the supporting cast on this film is amazing. Like, people That's forget. True. You got Gary Busey, uh, Mary Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton, Robert Davi, Adam Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a lot of interesting people in there. And then also, you know, I'm a big Danny Glover fan. Um, and the thing that always boggles my mind is, you know, people always talk about how, like, you know, predator one is like this manly movie you know and like schwarzenegger takes them on first of all i think predators are cheap shot bastards i don't think they fight for real because agreed they're invisible and it's like oh you're the greatest hunters well i would be the greatest hunter too if i was just invisible the whole time absolutely and you know schwarzenegger has to fight him and they have a good fight but you know it takes schwarzenegger the whole movie to kill him but like danny glover like kicks so much predator ass in this movie like (laughs) he literally kills like 16 of them and then at one point at the end when he's surrounded by predators he's just like all right who's next and Mm -hmm. they 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 respected him as a man so much that they gave him like a nice musket and then we're like all right peace you beat us like that's how awesome danny glover is that's a real man but um no but paxton kind of plays this you know uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's not like Aliens, but no, even though Predator, Predator 2 is intensely influenced by Aliens, there's many scenes that look exactly like scenes from yeah. Aliens. Um, but, you know, he's a great supporting cog, a little bit of comic relief, which is something he was good at with Aliens and other mm-hmm. things. And I don't know, I kind of like that pseudo-apocalyptic Los Angeles has kind of been taken over by gangs. Yeah. You know, setting. and I, I, I like the concrete jungle of it uh and paxton's fun he's got good relationships with uh mary maria conchita Alonso, and he just he's got a good time mm-hmm. but i also think you know i mean part of these films because like you said paxton is not always the leading man he's not going to be like the major draw of a lot right. of these films we mentioned like titanic he's kind of there for the bookends he's like and, the c player yeah yeah and, and then obviously apollo 13 he's Next to Bacon and Hanks, he's the guy. And then, you know, okay, Edge of Tomorrow, Cruz and Blunt are the stars. Nightcrawler, Gyllenhaal is the star. So you got, you know, when I make these recommendations and I kind of say, well, Paxton's kind of in it. I mean, that's kind of his career. He's always going to be the third or fourth guy. Um, And he's the third or fourth guy in a very underrated uh, sci-fi horror film, Predator 2. And I, I think it's great. And it puts him on that list, like I said, of, you know, he's... Uh, you know, gets killed in the opening scene in Terminator, uh, mm-hmm. which is well, weird. He, well, here, now that we've yeah. got the career retrospective kind of washing yeah. us over here, um, yeah. I'm going to break open to my cabinet of forbidden words here. I'm going to bring out the okay. masterpiece label. Uh-oh. You know, because the man is dead, and that's kind of sometimes my rule of masterpiece. Like, we don't need okay. this man's masterpiece until they're okay. gone, until their career okay. is over. Bill Paxton, unfortunately, no longer with us. He has a full and complete career. What is his personal masterpiece in your eyes? <sighs> What's the best? Oh, shit. Um, I got to vote, but. Well, yeah. I mean, some things I, I think he's in it. Like I, like I was starting to say about Terminator, like mm-hmm. he's only in the first scene. So you can't, I don't think you can can't put call that yeah. on, on, on his, on his roster. You know, it's uh-huh. like the guy who wins an NBA championship and he played two minutes all season. You know? True. Um, oh, it's tough for me. <sighs> Twister has not. Twister is a very personal masterpiece for me because I think yes, sir. it's I think the fact that it's directed by a cinematographer who understands where the camera needs to go. Mm-hmm. It's at that perfect, it's at that perfect moment where visual effects still did not take over a film. Right. Um, and the visual effects still look good. Um Twister for me is like my personal pick, if I had to yeah. say a masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, but in terms of you know, prestigious cultural uh-huh. zeitgeist filmmaking you know stuff that is you know part of society like twister sure. i think is forgotten a little bit oh but i don't no, know that's a big blockbuster that people no, no, can no, turn no. on and watch but no no they can but I, I don't mean but i don't think people talk about it as much as like other uh, yeah i mean it, it's been enough years now where of course the the big action temples have gotten bigger where twister just looks like a you know cute little weather movie to most people right. well, which and is that's, a shame and that's why it's sharper than a thousand things that are made today but that's why if you put a gun to my head and made me pick you'd have something that is still talked about today and that's aliens i think aliens okay. is Good aliens has always been in my top five all time mm-hmm. if not top 10 i mean no i should say in my top 10 if not top five yeah uh amazing film it's referenced copied to this day yeah and, and he is a major part of it and yeah. so yeah I, I would have to say I consider both masterpieces in different ways. I think Twister is like my personal masterpiece. I love it. 
I, I could watch it at any point. It can mm -hmm. put me in a nice place. Reminds me when I'm 13. That's right. Uh, gives me wonder, gives me awe, great performances. But yeah, if I had to choose one in terms of like film, in terms of like mm -hmm. history and stuff, I would go aliens on his resume. Cause Terminator, he's not in it enough. That's a yeah, brilliant yeah. film. It's almost perfect film. Titanic, he's the bookends. He's not really like, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, cause that's kind of why I said the, like, I put that adjective up front of his, you know, his personal yeah. masterpiece. And if I'm voting, uh, same thing. My personal favorite will always be Twister. Same reasons <laughs> as you. It's just, it's, it. it's a, it's a, yeah, a personal nostalgia pick of my own where just, I love where I was in my life when I discovered it and enjoyed that. It's an annual rewatch when summer hits. Um, now in terms of, if I, if I put the critic hat on and I go, what's the best thing I feel like he's ever done or, or created, I'm mm -hmm. kind of going to frailty. So I'm going to put it okay. that high praise there where, yeah. um, yeah. to see him act and go dark and also to be the guy that directs and puts that together. I'm mm. that that's the thing where that's the best thing I've ever seen him do. I'm now I know, but I, but in terms of like, a like you said, if you have to go to the zeitgeist level, yeah, I think you're dead right with aliens, but yeah. for, for best ever, like. High score in the video game, frailty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I can. I can live with that. That sounds cool. good to me. Um, you want to out? We want to. Yeah, we want to get out of here. Okay. Yeah. So I want everyone to follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit and on Facebook at Cinephile His Fit Podcast. Also, find both of us on Letterboxd. Uh, we appreciate your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a twenty-five YL media podcast brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, I can't see because you're typing. Please oh, visit, rate, review, and subscribe. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Right in the new banana meter. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, Ruminations Radio Network has more where that came from with wonderful programs, interesting hosts, or I should add an and in there, and interesting hosts. Our show and other, I'm tired, guys. Our show and others are available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. 